This is Plant-Based Briefing, Pre-Vegan Fragility and Dietary Racism, by Silash Rao at climatehealers.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. Today's post is by Dr. Silash Rao. He's the founder and executive director of Climate Healers, a nonprofit organization dedicated towards healing the Earth's climate. Dr. Rao is executive producer of four documentaries, The Human Experiment, Cowspiracy, What the Health, and A Prayer for Compassion. He's made a pinky promise to his granddaughter, Kamaya, that the world will be largely vegan before she turns 16 in 2026. Now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Pre-Vegan Fragility and Dietary Racism by Silash Rao at ClimateHealers.org Nothing is as powerful as an idea whose time has come. Victor Hugo We define vegan as vitally engaged guardians of animals and nature, and veganism as a way of living in which we seek to never intentionally hurt animals unnecessarily, but care for them and nature instead. By that definition, most of us are already vegan in our hearts. However, we live in a society where what we say and what we do are not always in alignment because we've been systematically deceiving ourselves regarding the necessity of consuming animal products. Pre-vegan fragility is the idea that pre-vegans, i.e. people choosing to consume animal products, are perpetuating social injustice by being too fragile to examine their self-deception openly and honestly. Most pre-vegans live in an insular experience, being rarely ever challenged on their consumer choices. They get very agitated with even a mention of the vegan word in their presence and shut down, thereby perpetuating systemic social injustices of all kinds, including dietary racism. Dietary racism is the concept that was first introduced by Dr. Milton Mills to describe the systemic racism that is prevalent in our institutional dietary recommendations. The normalization of animal foods through these recommendations selectively disadvantage people of color who are genetically predisposed to fare worse when consuming these unhealthy foods. In what follows, we will establish that choosing to consume meat, dairy, and other animal products is a colonialist, racist, ableist, sexist, and speciesist, or the acronym CRASS, act. Therefore, animal agriculture is truly institutionalized social injustice. Animal agriculture is the leading cause of deforestation. Whenever we cut down forests, we are displacing indigenous people, essentially telling them that their civilization is inferior to ours and must make way for our global industrial civilization. This is Colonialism 101. Today, factory farms and slaughterhouses are located where people of color live, so that animal waste, diseases, and pandemics affect them the most. Even though most people of color are lactose intolerant, our dietary guidelines promote the daily consumption of dairy products, thereby inhibiting learning abilities and physical health for people of color. Furthermore, people of color tend to live in food deserts where fresh fruits and vegetables are unavailable, making it difficult for them to maintain good health. This is Racism 101. Slaughterhouse work is performed mostly by people of color, and it results in some of the highest levels of workplace injury and post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. The slaughterhouse owners then discard the disabled workers with impunity. This is ableism 101. Animal agriculture requires the outright abuse of the feminine by impregnating animals at will with artificial devices. How can we expect workers who are forced to routinely abuse the female animal to then go home and behave honorably with their female human relatives? This is Sexism 101. 
Finally, it is self-evident that animal agriculture would not exist if we consider other species to have moral worth. This is Speciesism 101. In addition, animal agriculture is the foundation of our current system of normalized violence. Without it, our economic system of artificial scarcities would crumble. The following story best illustrates this point. Imagine a single mother's family with eight children, four boys and four girls. The mother makes enough food for the children, leaves it in the fridge, and entrusts her eldest son to take care of his siblings while she goes to work each day. Every night when she returns from work, the food is gone, but her younger daughter is still hungry, and therefore she makes more food the next day. This goes on for a while until the mother is now making 46 plates of food every day to feed her eight children. Each day, the eldest brother takes 40 plates of food and makes one sister feed them to farmed animals. He then instructs another sister to extract food from these farmed animals, and she returns with just one plate of meat, dairy, fish, and eggs. Then the eldest brother announces to his siblings that only seven plates of food are available while there are eight mouths to feed, and therefore they all need to work for him so that he can determine who gets to eat and who doesn't. He institutes a monetary system using pieces of paper with pictures of dead ancestors on them to determine who deserves what share of the food and water within the family. He makes one brother build fast cars and another create shiny objects for his entertainment. He makes the third brother mine the fossil fuels and raw materials needed for creating fast cars and shiny objects. He employs one sister to sew fancy clothes for him to wear. Finally, he tells his youngest sister that he has nothing for her to do, and since she's jobless, she won't be eating much food either. He keeps this exploitative family dynamic going for a while using divide-and-conquer techniques, pitting sibling against sibling based on the color of their skin or their religious and gender identities. However, despite all serving his every whim, the eldest brother himself isn't very happy either. He had been lying to his siblings that they must strive to eat animal foods because such foods are the only source of protein and calcium, important nutrients for their well-being. He had also been arguing that if the family stopped eating animal foods, the two sisters who work on feeding and milking the animals would become jobless and starve like their youngest sister. Such lies and specious arguments were now catching up to him. The sister who sews his clothes had turned vegan, and she had become living proof that the family could not only live, but actually thrive on a whole foods, plant-based, vegan diet. In contrast, the eldest brother who had been consuming the lion's share of animal foods is now overweight, sick and miserable, popping antidepressants just to make it through each day. Therefore, they all began to see through the lies that had been keeping them working frenziedly to feed the insatiable desires of their eldest brother. They realized that the color of their skin or their gender identity doesn't make them inferior, as they had been told. Indeed, they are all created equal and entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, just like the enslaved animals that had been exploited terribly in their midst. Matters came to a pass when a viral infection shuts down the economic activities in the family, and the eldest brother begins throwing away plates of food because his siblings are no longer able to work on his behalf, and therefore don't possess those pieces of paper with pictures of dead ancestors on them. The other children get together and imagine a different way of living in which everyone's needs are met, and even the eldest brother would get healthy again. They repudiate the exploitation of animals and resolve to share the abundance of food that their mother had been making each day so that no one goes hungry. They resolve to clean up the mess that they had made during the process of building fast cars, shiny objects, and fancy clothes. They resolve to regenerate the forests that they had destroyed for the production of animal foods. As a result of making all these changes, the family heals together and lives happily ever after. 
Both for this imagined family of eight and for our global human family of eight billion, animal agriculture is the foundation of the system of artificial scarcities and the normalized violence that ensues. To overcome this system, we need to cut through the tissue of lies that hold it together. There is no need to eat animal foods, and indeed, animal foods are actually low-quality foods, damaging to our health, the environment, and the animals themselves. Concludes Dr. Sofia Pinedocho, citing numerous peer-reviewed scientific sources. Plant foods are the real high-quality foods that we should be eating for optimal health. It is unnecessary to use animals for medical experimentation, product testing, clothing, or entertainment either. In this COVID-19 era, there have been numerous articles in the mainstream media pointing out the immorality of animal agriculture. For example, Isaac Bailey wrote in an opinion piece in response to the outrageous presidential executive order decreeing slaughterhouses to be critical infrastructure. Few of us protested or got the absurdity, the immorality, of telling fellow human beings to risk sacrificing themselves so the rest of us can keep eating burgers. Matthew Scully, the former speechwriter to President George W. Bush, wrote in the National Review, Animal agriculture is a business whose ruthlessness to animals, utter indifference to workers, destructiveness to the environment, and manifold harm to human health combine to qualify it as perhaps the least essential industry in America and among the most amoral. The contrast between Matthew Scully's characterization of this industry as least essential and the Trump administration's characterization as critical infrastructure couldn't be starker. The former is the perspective of a courageous writer who's telling the truth about the industry, while the latter is the marketing perspective of the executive branch of the United States government, perpetrating systemic injustice as it sacrifices workers, especially people of color, on the altar of economic growth and corporate profits. Therefore, it is time to abandon animal agriculture and the system of normalized violence that stems from it. It is time to build a new system of normal nonviolence on a foundation of healthy, immune-boosting whole plant foods. It is time to build a completely vegan world. The COVID-19 pandemic has provided the perfect opportunity to create this vegan world. The pandemic has eliminated over 40 million jobs in the United States and hundreds of millions of jobs elsewhere. Thousands of small businesses and restaurants are going bankrupt, while the megacorporations are raking in billions, as those who still have jobs that can be performed online shop from their homes. The officially richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, is about to become the first known trillionaire on the planet. Thus, the rich get a whole lot richer, while the poor and the middle class get squeezed endlessly. Finally, the despicable murder of George Floyd has woken the public to the pervasive injustices in the system. But we won't get anywhere if we don't talk about this openly and honestly. It does not have to be this way. Imagine a world in which everyone belongs and knows that they are treated fairly as equals. Imagine a world in which hunger and poverty are non-existent, and good physical, mental, and spiritual health is normal. Imagine a world in which animals are treated with love and kindness and live free of human exploitation. Imagine a world in which the Earth's climate is under control, the forests are lush, and humans are fulfilling a vital ecosystem's role as the caretaker species of the planet. Imagine a world in which we educate our children to be vitally engaged guardians of animals and nature, vegan. And imagine this vegan world comes to fruition by 2026. Now, stop just imagining. Please join us and let us get it done. You just listened to Pre-Vegan Fragility and Dietary Racism by Silash Rao at climatehealers.org. And this is the Plant-Based Briefing Podcast, and I'm your host, Marian Erickson. 
Thanks for listening.